Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I'm your host, Paul Oren, at NWI Oren on Twitter. And you can catch Union Street Hoops on NWI.com, Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much, you know, all over the internet. We're everywhere. We're worldwide. Union Street Hoops. Valpo basketball coming off of a, a tough loss to Eastern Michigan. They've had a, a couple losses there. The the Virgin Islands, they knocked off a good Grand Canyon team. You know, we'll get into more of the Valpo basketball season and how it's kind of unfolding a little bit more next week after this Sunday's game against Central Michigan. But it's a big, big game this Sunday against Central Michigan because it's Homer Drew Day at the Athletics Recreation Center. Homer Drew coming back to the arc to be honored after his recent induction to the College Basketball Hall of Fame. And I thought, what better way than to commemorate Homer Drew Day than to bring in a special guest who is not Homer Drew whatsoever. But this is a longtime guest I've been waiting to to bring on to Union Street Hoops. He's a good friend. He's somebody who is uh, very passionate about Valpo, the community. We'll get into that in a little bit. And really, for my money, and this is before I got to Valpo, one of the big, big pieces for why Valpo basketball is today kind of what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Casey Schmidt is here. Well, thanks for having me, Paul. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I like the kind words, and it's exciting with Homer Drew uh, the last week and him coming back into town this Sunday. It's a thrill. Uh, I think it should be stated that we're both kind of playing hurt today. Um, we, everybody in Valpo is sick. Everybody's right? sick. That's right. And and you've got it. I've got it. <laughs> so we're just we're here. We're we're gonna push through. Uh, you know because. Because Homer pushed through all the That's time, right, right. except we, for the we, one game he was in the hospital, and and Scott got to coach. But uh, so uh, there's a whole myriad of things to talk about with you. Great. Um, you graduated from Valpo High School, yet you're not from Valpo originally, but Valpo's home. Like, kind of, how do you how do you end up at Valpo, being a Chicago guy? You know, it's uh, I consider myself all Valpo. Yep. Uh, I moved. My father worked in Chicago growing up. And growing up for me, we moved we moved to Valpo uh, when I was about four years old, and so we went you know like a lot of people in Valpo my age we went from South Haven, then when Salt Creek started the neighborhood we moved over there and kind of progressed and so I went to Wheeler Elementary School and grew up there and then my dad was getting shifted for work and promoted and and we had to move around for a few years so I spent those four years four five years actually in Ohio. And then came back to Valpo, and we knew when we were. Tra- my dad was getting transferred back to Chicago. There was no question we were coming to Valpo. So it's interesting. I think today we see high school athletes move high schools all the time, like recruitable athletes, right. D one elite athletes. They're moving from this school to that school, maybe in Chicago around. You know, just saw the kid who's ultimately going to Duke, DJ Stewart. I think just changed schools. Right. Bakari Evelyn that played at Valpo played at a bunch of different high schools. It's common today. Right. Was it common back then? Was it hard to get on the recruiting map knowing that because AAU wasn't the same back there then? There was either. no such thing. Is a, so yeah. how 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 were you even able to be found when you're moving around so much? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, I actually started being recruited when I was in at the end of my eighth grade year, believe it or not. But it was obviously no social media. There's no internet. It's not that easy. So it was phone calls and mail, and then I would go to camps. Well, not ninth grade, but Fran Franchilla. Everybody knows him now. Yeah, from great guy. He was actually an assistant coach at Ohio University. And I was playing in Chillicothe, Ohio. So that's when I first, so I, I first got started getting recruited there. And then my sophomore year, it started picking up pretty good. And then, but after my sophomore year, I moved to Cincinnati. 
And the way I caught up was when I go to basketball camp, I go to five star basketball camp was the big one yep. back there. I went to camp and I was one of the invited ones. Uh, so everybody became aware then because that's where the coaches went. They went to watch players at, at the five star camp. And I think there was a Adidas camp or something as well. Um, but the way I cut up, it, it, it was easy for me because I'm, I'm pretty personable. And yeah. basketball made that easy for me. Because um, everywhere I'd go, I'd play and meet people at basketball. Um, so, you know, back then, yeah, it wasn't like now. Well, you couldn't send somebody an email. You either called the coaches that you were really excited about or you sent them letters. And I, I did both. So they were easy to track me. And as I got older, from my sophomore to junior, my recruiting really picked up. And so they'd follow me to five-star camp and go from there. So you end up at Arizona. Before we get into your time at Arizona, were there other schools you looked at? Was was there like a top five? There was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, my, I was recruited pretty heavily. I, uh, can, I imagine can, to end up at Arizona, yeah, you got to be yeah. a pretty so, highly so talented. So my, my top four or five essentially came down to Seton Hall because I love P.J. Carlissimo. Yeah. Um, Ohio State because Fran went from Ohio State to uh, I'm sorry from Ohio to Ohio State. He I, see. Me for so I love long. this. All these guys you're talking about are now great media guys. It's neat. Yeah. It's it's pretty it cool. Fran and P.J. Right. I've met right. a couple times. <laughs> They're good folks. Um, and then uh, obviously Arizona, they recruited me hard for a couple years, and Kentucky was another one. Um, I was a top recruit for the guard position for all of them. And uh, so it came down to Kentucky, Arizona, and Ohio State. Was this – this wasn't Patino at this point yet, was this it? This was uh, – Dwayne Casey was the assistant. Okay. And the head coach, I can picture him, Eddie Sutton. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie okay. Sutton. So it was neat having Eddie Sutton come to my house and, you know, Dwayne Casey and, and uh, P.J. Calissimo and Luton, and those guys. You know, it was a lot of fun. But, but – the schools faded away pretty quick. Kentucky started going through some program problems. Yes, that they was did. With Chris Mills and yep. Sean Camp, and then Chris yep. Mills, of course, goes to Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Which did not help me. <laughs> <laughs> so you a get, better player than I was. <laughs> you get a, you get Chris Mills, Judd Bushler, uh, Khalid Reeves. Uh, yeah. You know the late Brian Williams end up Bison Daly. Terrible situation Terrible. there. Uh, and then I imagine uh, Mighty Mouse Damon right. Stoudemire. Yeah. I'd imagine he. He came after you did, but I he imagine you, you helped recruit him a little oh, yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. Um, you end up at Arizona. You, I mean, you're a Midwestern kid, and mm -hmm. you're going out to the desert. What was that yeah. like? You know, when I went out there on my visit, I was awestruck. And Sean Elliott took me on my recruiting visit. Yeah. And Steve Kerr and these guys. So uh, it was – when you go out there, it's it's one of the basketball meccas. That's it's, what you're it's there It's a great for. arena. I've Beautiful been there. school. Yeah. It's full. It fit in with how I played – um, you know, I can't say one bad thing about Arizona. Lute Olson's phenomenal. Uh, you know, I just, I truly got a little bit of homesick, which is, I, I laugh now because four years later I'm in Italy playing. Right? Yeah, right. But, uh, but, you know, it was great. And, and it's, it's hard to say no. I mean, I actually canceled my visits to Ohio State. I already took a couple. Um, like unofficials? Unofficial visits, yeah. correct. Uh, I, I was supposed to go to Kentucky for Midnight Madness. And I canceled that, and then Dwayne Casey cursed me out for for canceling that one. So that's oh. another that's a story, not for, for yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting interesting trip. You your freshman year, you played at UNLV. We were talking a little bit off the right. air here against Larry Johnson, Stacy Augman, Anderson Hunt, uh, Greg Anthony, that group. Then you go to Duke late. I mean, yeah. both these games are like late in the year, in right. the middle of conference. Uh, Leitner, Hurley, Hill. Hill, Lang. Great, great memories. I mean, all of those guys, <laughs> right? right. Uh, you're playing Chesterton and, and you know, Laporte, <laughs> and then you're playing Duke and UNLV. Right. What's yeah. that like? What, I mean, just your freshman year, 
I know you played a little bit. Um, right. You know, you scored 70-some-odd points your freshman right. year. What was that like going up against those guys? Every game was exciting. It really was. I mean, you want to compete at that level. You know, we knew we were good. We knew we could improve, of course, but our team camaraderie. I mean, literally, when you walked in the gym at Arizona, it's another world from – it's like an NBA arena. Yeah. You have the best athletes. It's in, And then the group you just mentioned that was there when I was there, I mean – you don't get players like that. And so we knew we could beat anybody. So going into the event was pure excitement, but you had to contain a little bit, right? Because you, you know, you're there to beat them. Um, but just, well, you had I mean, five look, NBA look, guys on your team yeah. your freshman year, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, look, looking back, it's, it's just, it's amazing that I was able to do that it really is because you can, you know, you're never awestruck, but you know what you're, you know who you're playing against. You know, when you go into Cameron Indoor Stadium where you're playing. Yeah. You know, UMD, that's probably the best they've ever been. But you knew you were playing against guys that were going to be grandmama and whatever else they ended up yeah. being in the NBA. So it was, it and, was a lot of fun. Duke was not necessarily Duke yet, right? right? I mean, that was that group, right. that Leitner group and all that. Correct. I would think UNLV was the big game. They were play. the biggest game, yeah. And we lost by a couple points on a bad call, of course. we all Yeah, of course, they're bad calls. No doubt we should have won the game. Um, but it was a great experience. I mean, other players, Gary Payton I got to play against. You know, uh, and players like that, which is just phenomenal. Well, the big know? one, your sophomore yeah. year, Shaq. Shaq, yeah. Well, and I got to play about five minutes that game. Okay. And uh, on national TV, which is not like now 20 ESPN channels or whatever, you know. Which yeah, is I mean, a national TV game but in the 90s was big. was big. We played at LSU, and, and a little brief story is that my parents were probably still upset because that's the only gym where they made them sit in the top row. <laughs> so my parents <laughs> drive down from Valpo to watch me play and had to sit up top. But, you know, Shaq, we had the best big men in the country, and Shaq literally dominated Brian Williams, Sean Rooks, and, and, and our big studs. Yeah, and those and both Brian yeah. and Sean went to the NBA as well. They and did. Uh, um, They did a highlight that game, and it still played occasionally. Like Bryce's shot, you see everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Shaq had a dunk that game, and I was at half court watching him. And if you ever get to see it, I mean, see it slow-mo on video, you'll see me like smirk, like, oh, he had a massive dunk just to kind of close the game out, you know. I, I will tell you, I watched last night. I found it on YouTube. And you and, and oh, really? now you might go back. <laughs> I watched you play Duke your sophomore year, okay. and you beat him at home in double overtime. We did. You, yeah. you continued – uh, your it was at the time the nation's longest home winning streak of like sixty some games. I yeah. laugh at this because Duke just lost at home recently and they had like a really long oh, similar okay. Home. Um, but that was a double overtime game. Did you yeah. play in that one at all? Uh, I think I had a few minutes that game. Okay. Both Duke games I got to play. Like okay, that. very good. And Grant Hill was just I just remember he was amazing. He had a baseline dunk. You're like this guy's a freshman because he was a freshman. I was a sophomore at the time and just it's a big win, huge win for us. Yeah, you it's were exciting. in your sophomore year. You were. Top ten the entire season, and you were. I mean, sure. I think uh, your freshman year, Arizona was ranked. This is all basketballreference.com. dot com. Right. I got this all from. I don't right. just know this stuff. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you were top ten the entire year. You uh, you make it to the Sweet Sixteen, and you go up against Seton Hall at the mm-hmm. school that you t- said you liked. That's right. And one of my favorite Milwaukee Bucks later on, Anthony Avent. Sure. Uh, ends Great up. Player. They end up getting you. Terry DeHere, I think, was on yep. the team. Sure. Sure. Artur Karnishevis, who was. For me, he was an amazing European player for, for a long time, yeah. too, was a stud there. Um, and, and they get you in the Sweet 16. Your sophomore your, your freshman year, excuse me, you fell to uh, Robert Ory in Alabama, Alabama. Yeah, in yep. the, uh, the second round. Yep. It, it was, was transferring in your mind during the season at all, or kind of how did this come? You know, my second year, my sophomore year, I started feeling like, you know what, I need, I need to be closer to home. 
to be with my family a little more. I got a younger brother, a younger sister, and uh, you know, of course, I wanted to play more. Um, but in reality, I mean, I sat down with Lute Olson and had a talk and told him I wanted to leave, and he he didn't think it was necessary. He thought I was going to be neither the starting guard or the backup. I'd be in the rotation, and then I've earned my time. And and some of the players, Mulebach was leaving, who played my position. Mm-hmm. And uh, but once he heard that I just wanted to go home, it's not just about basketball. There was not a question about it. You know, there was actually a couple other players that wanted to transfer just for basketball reasons, and Lou Olson told him no. I won't mention who it was. Yeah. But uh, NBA players now, but wanted to leave, and he said no. If it's related to basketball, you gotta, you need to do what you're supposed to do. Um, so anyway, it was. I did think about it, um, and then my mind was made up towards the end of the season for sure. Uh, just if you could say a word or two about Lute and Bobby Olson, if you want to. Just... Yeah, the best, the best of the best. That's one reason why you go to Arizona. Um, world-class professional, as honest and straightforward as, as you can get. Great, great instructor, and every time you saw him, even as a player, you respected him. He carried himself perfectly, and, and I'll say he, care, he really cared about all of us. His wife at the time was phenomenal. I mean, she'd come back on, on flights and sit with us in, in, on the plane and just and, uh, you know, cheer us up on losses or just have a good, you know, good time with us. So My senior um, year... I traveled with the team to the Fiesta Bowl Classic. It was Valpo in Arizona. Sure. Arizona won by four, I think, on a phantom call. Jason Gardner <laughs> buried a three-pointer, and they called. Indiana boy, Jason they, Gardner. Yeah, yeah, and they called a uh, a uh, a foul on Milo Stovall, I think. But okay. He didn't even touch him. He gave him right. a four-point play and right. ended up winning. <laughs> but that was the year right after Bobby had passed away. Sure. And Lute gave this uh, it's amazing speech at the dinner mm-hmm. the night before the tournament. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could really just, I mean, when he walked in the room, it was the closest thing I've seen to Christ walking on water Truly. In, in the basketball right. area. So right. I imagine leaving that is hard. But then you get Homer Drew. That's right. And we'll yeah. get to Homer in That's a second. Right. Yeah. But, but so, so you and Dave Redman... You both come back to Valpo. He'd right. went to Arkansas, Little Rock, not Arizona, but sure. he, you right. know, and you both come back. You know, I again, I obviously don't. You probably knew Dave for a long time, but you only played at Valpo High for a for year. For a year, right? Um, was it a discussion with you two? Did one guy make the first move? Did you call Dave? Did Dave call you? And and I gotta ask, and I and I've got this down here. Where was the doctor, Rob Cavanaugh, and all right, this? Right, right. <laughs> A little bit in the middle of it, for sure. I imagine. So I the, imagine. The, the way it kind of played out is that when I knew I was leaving, um, you know, you, you, the way it worked then is you had to reach out to other schools. There was no transfer portal at that That's point. That's correct. Nothing like that. So you could the, co- the, the school would give you permission to talk to other schools, and I got – I mean, my list was like Dayton, Ohio, Ball State, Purdue was interested, they, they, but they had four guards. Michigan State was probably the one I was really considering – but then, my, you know, my mindset was if I'm going to come home because I want to come home, and obviously I know Homer because Scott Drew is one of my best friends, and I was over their house all the time, and Homer obviously recruited me beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he did, he told me, if you ever want to come back, my door is always open, not, you know, not just at the house, my office here, you have a spot here. And so when I made up my mind, you know, I actually I took a week off school and, and flew from Arizona to, in, to IU. For a little 500 to hang out with my friends that I didn't get to see often and I called Dave Redman then and, and talked to Kavanaugh and said listen you know now's the time let's go you know and then Rob obviously knew Dave a little better than I did um, and so every, we just communicated and got it done you know the team was 5 and 22 at this time that's the only reason why it was hard to go there 
Yeah. So and yeah. and then you come to Valpo mm-hmm. and you sit out a year mm-hmm. and they're five and twenty two that yeah. year. Yes. Like you didn't have five losses at Arizona, let right. alone twenty two. Oh, yeah. Right. It was a different world. I mean, what, what was there ever like? Uh, you know, I know I know hindsight is way twenty twenty, right. but was there ever like a buyer's remorse or anything? Like, what the hell am I doing here? No. You're seeing Sean Respert do great things right. at Michigan State. And, right. Uh, you know what I what happened was back then you had to sit out a year. There was no question. So I sat out a year. Obviously, and Dave Rebman sat out a year. Today, you guys right. would have gotten you would have gotten waivers. You would have we gotten exactly homesick right. waivers right or anything. Yeah, right. yeah. But it was probably good for us anyway to get to know each other, practice, and and Homer pushed us. You know, a lot of people see Homer as such a nice guy, such a good person. You mean Man, he's not? He is. He's <laughs> phenomenal. But don't think he's not going to push you and is a very hard worker, not just himself, but he expects everything out of you, which is what you're supposed to do. So we would practice. I mean, we knew we were going to win more than five games because we would beat the starters in practice by 30 points every game. Yeah. And nothing against those those guys we beat. But, I mean, I, we, we have to get, stuff. It we got to get Kavanaugh to, to, <laughs> yeah. to say if that's true or not. Yeah, Rob will get you. Um, but uh, so we knew we were going to do better. And, and, you know, we just – we played together in high school, the three of us, right? I mean, how do you beat that? Yeah. You know, we already know each other. we got another year to get to know each other again. So, you know, our goal – was to come in there and, and go 500 the first year is really what it was. You know, thinking you're going to beat everybody, but realistically speaking, that's what it was. So I I have this question down, and you've kind of touched on it, but I, I, I like my lines so much okay. in this question. <laughs> when we were talking about Homer. I said that I imagine it has to take some swagger to try and recruit somebody that went and played for Lute Olson. And I don't know that swagger and Homer Drew have right. ever been in the same <laughs> sentence before. It doesn't match. But – but I mean, did we saw it later on with Homer, who aggressively went after Robbie Hummel and mm-hmm. Scott Martin, right. and like the local kids. So obviously, right. it worked. It, he got Mike Jones and Scott Anselm. Sure. He got you and Dave and Rob. Right. And he he tried to get these other guys. Um, is there something special about being a Valpo kid and maybe playing at the university? And, and did Homer kind of sell you on that a little bit? You know, that was pretty much understood. That at that point, I wanted to play in Valpo be home with my family, you know, get to know the community more. Cause like you said, I played one year there and, and, and I was known, we had a good, you know, good career at the high school. My one year we played really well. You know, what Homer did to me to ensure that I was going there was the opposite from having the swagger. He challenged me. He told me, you know, you can come here and believe me, I know you think you're going to be the MVP of the league the first minute you walk in here, but it's not going to be that easy. And you're going to have to work your butt off. And he lined out what I'll have to do to really accomplish some team goals. And I took that challenge. It wasn't a it wasn't a pat on the back, a big hug. Hey, please come here no matter what. His approach was different. And I respected that 100%. Your first year, and you talked about you wanted to go 500 your first year. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about your first year playing. Correct. You played in eight overtime games yeah, your crazy. first year. We did. We learned. Three double <laughs> overtime games, including two of them against UIC, who I, you know, we'll get to UIC in a second, what mm-hmm. they did to you in your senior year. Mm-hmm. But how on earth do you play in eight overtime games? You won four, you lost four. You right. went two and one in double overtime games. Right. You know, if I remember correct, we lost the first two or three, and we just grew together. I mean, it was. Every game was close. And, uh, you know, looking back, I forgot about that. But it's, it's – uh, I remember growing together and being so excited towards the end of the year that not only we played that many, we were in that many games 
right? And that we were able to win the most of them at the end. You know, so it gave us something to look forward to, something to kind of hang our hats on and say, hey, now we, now the work was put in this year. Let's make it shine next year. And, you know, I imagine you come from Arizona where you beat Duke. Mm-hmm. You played against, you know, the top teams. But you beat Notre Dame at the end of the year, first year at Valpo. That was big. And and I know that you, you guys finished 12 and 16. It wasn't the 500 record you were shooting for. Right. But it, I imagine that win late in the year maybe – Planted some seeds going forward? Sure it did. Yeah, I mean, you beat Notre Dame at Valpo. That's huge. Yeah. Right? Um, they had some great players. Um, trying to think the player. I can picture him. Monty, Monty Williams. Yeah, okay. He I, I was there. thinking Lafonso Ellis probably was yeah, gone by La- that point. Lafonso, I believe Lafonso just left. So Valpo beat Lafonso right. Ellis in Homer's first year. Correct. The, the that miracle. was a huge game. We went yeah. there direct from our high school game right there. Oh, you were at that watch, game? Like, the, last, the end of the game was terrific. Yeah. That's the miracle. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I had played Notre Dame when I was at Arizona, believe it or not. We beat them by 25 Yeah, it's like early game, right? early season game. So you come in and thinking, man, we're, we can beat these guys, you know. And uh, and it worked out well, you know. I mean, it, but it gave us a boost for sure. I mean, we walked around with our with our head high for a while on that one, and I think we did take it and, and grew from it. And, again, 12 and 16, I think a lot of – I mean, if, if Matt Loddick puts together a 12 and 16 right. year this year, I think right. you know there's some people who are going to be showing up with some Mayflower trucks. Right, but right, uh, right, right. but 12 and 16 that year again, it was a seven win improvement right. from, and and so now you're going into the to the off season, and then this little kid named Scott shows up. Yeah, Scott Drew. Right. Uh, you knew Scott beforehand. That's one, that's one reason why I knew I was going to go to Valpo once. Once I got past kind of the, maybe Michigan State or this, there was 100% Valpo. Scott was one of my best friends. To think about him coaching me or being my assistant coach my senior year, that's pretty good stuff. Not many people can say that, you know. He was brought in as what we called then a restricted earnings coach. Correct. Not but much I, money. <laughs> but I can't think of the word restricted ever applied to Scott. I right. imagine he was a guy who went, you know, for the lack of a better term, balls of the wall every day. He's what, full tilt. Did, did, could you see then – the, the, the greatness that would become his career down the line? Everybody knew Scott was going to get it done. Just like you said, he's so outgoing. He's aggressive. He's nonstop. He's going to do what it takes. His personality is perfect. And it can annoy some people. I think it did for a while. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah, yeah. How hard he comes at you. But he's also very genuine. Right? He only wants the best. Everything he's going to do is going to be upfront and truthful and honest. You carry that with his nonstop just energy. You know, um, nobody, I don't think, expected some of the things he's accomplished, right? I mean, no one looks that far ahead. But we were all excited he was coming for sure. You know, not just me as his friend, but um, we knew good things would happen. So now you're into your senior year. You made all all newcomer team your freshman year. Correct, yep. Oh, you're in your freshman year, your junior year, your first year at Valpo. Now you're in your senior year. you guys had gotten your fifth win by December 30th. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, by, by before the calendar flipped, you'd already and, – and, again, I know that five wasn't the number that you're aiming for, but, right. I mean – and you beat Butler early. Right. And yeah. Valpo hadn't beat Butler in, in quite a while. Right. Big Was that, did that game – did Butler mean anything to you guys back then? You know, I don't remember anything – any game really specifically saying this is this is a big one you know uic was big back then they had yeah. two players that were nba sherelle ford Sherell i think four was the big name and then kenny williams was a guard but i don't think he ever made the nba but he was he was talked about that way sherelle ford averaged um, like 90 points a game it he, felt like he was a stud yeah. yeah i mean the best athlete in the league 
you know, we had another player like Sam Mitchell who tr who transferred from Michigan to yeah, State. Yeah, F and, Fab Five yeah, forced him out. Yeah, we had another out. guy, two guys out of Wright State played in the NBA. We had a Green Bay had a player, I can't remember his name, that I actually played with in Europe for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, Six, seven wing player I had to guard all the time. No, I know. What was his um, name? Uh, Nordgaard, Jeff Nordgaard. Nordgaard, right. And yeah. then they had another guy, their foreman, actually played in the NBA later too, was a shooter. Yeah. So we, but we, we were confident because of how we performed the year before. And with those eight overtime games, we really thought, guess what? We should have accomplished our 500. Could have snuck in more, you know, a couple more of those yeah. games in or whatnot. But um, no real big win stuck out because every game we had to compete. But we thought we could beat everybody. And you finished in a tie for second in the conference. The first time since 1974-75 that Valpo had finished that high. Um, but the thorn in the side was UIC. UIC. They right. got you three times yep. that year. Could not beat them. Uh, in, including in the conference tournament right. was, you know, I, I know it's it's been years now, but would, take me maybe maybe through through that. Could how, how did you maybe walk off the court after that final game? You know, if I remember that final game, we were close the whole game. It was it was always I think they might have beat us bad one time that year, beat us beat us pretty good, but essentially we knew we could beat them. We were set to beat them. Homer prepared us the right way. I think we were literally within a couple shots from beating them. So it was tough, you know, but I, we also, you know, I knew my career was going to extend. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, Dave Redman was coming back next year. It, I felt hard for Rob Cavanaugh and our seniors because, you know, he put his whole, his whole college career was everything Rob Cavanaugh did. Where he started, where he finished. You know, he had to deal with me and Redman the whole time. He probably needed earmuffs <laughs> for two years after that. But, um but, uh, you know, it was exciting that we almost won and we knew we gave it all. You know, I think, I think we were comfortable with what we accomplished. You know, we were heartbroken for sure. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we all felt we, we gave it our all. You hold the record, single-season record at Valpo. Uh, we talk about I – w I want you to, to repeat the yeah. story if you can. 92.6% uh, free-throw shooter, the only player in program history in a single year – to shoot more than ninety percent, right, and and you actually probably could have shot a little bit better. Yeah, what what happened? Yeah. What happened? You know, my senior year, a lot of people don't know is that I broke three bones in my back at Wright State. We were playing in Dayton, and I went up for a dunk on a fast break and got undercut, landed, and broke three transverse processes, snapped them off. So I missed about six weeks trying to come back. Was everything was great before that? Our team was playing well. I was playing well, and I had a consecutive streak. I believe it was 48 or 49 in the row, my memory. Um, and it was my first game back, and I missed my first free throw. It went in. It felt great. It hit the rim. I remember it rolling around and coming oh. out in the whole crowd. It was on TV, and it had you know it had the 48 whatever. The no, they jinxed the you. Time. Yeah, jinxed so you. they gave me the jinx, but. So that was frustrating. Otherwise, I might have. I think I finished second or third in the country, and that free throw might have done it right there. Uh, might have been the one. <laughs> um, you know, the the year after you graduate, Bryce Jr. shows up. You're close friends with Scott, so you oh, knew yeah. Bryce. Of course. When when when? What's your first kind of recollection of uh, of seeing Bryce on a basketball court or, or getting to know him? Yeah, I mean, I was over the Drew's house all the time. You know, me and me and Scott versus Homer and Bryce in the back playing two on two. Sometimes Dana would come in and play a little bit too, and uh, so we, we spent a lot of time together. Um, it was a no-brainer that he wasn't going to go to Syracuse where he could have went or two or three other Notre Dame schools, was another Notre one, yeah. Dame. Um, and we were all just excited. There was, there was no doubt he was going to carry forward what we have accomplished, um, and uh, we knew there was big things coming. 
and, you know, you guys went 20 and eight that, that year, final year, uh, the next year they win the conference turn or they win the conference t- regular season and they win that triple overtime game. Right. Uh, and then they, and then the year after they start the streak and they right. play Arizona in the NCAA oh, tournament. Amazing. I know. And yeah. then they go on and ultimately make the run to the sweet 16. Right. Um, was I mean you maybe it's different for you because you've played in a couple NCAA tournaments mm-hmm. at Arizona, um, you know was there was there what was the feeling watching this happen? You obviously planted the seeds for this to happen, right. but you really didn't get to experience the right. fruits of a lot of it. Right. You know, obviously you're getting paid overseas at this point, but right. was there uh, was it bittersweetness at all? Was it excitement? Kind of what? Pure excitement. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, we obviously that was one of our goals my senior year that we missed out when UIC beat us, but we wanted to go to the tournament, um, be the first team in Valpo to do that, or maybe if they did long time. Ago. First Division One team, right, yeah, exactly. And we knew that they were changing the conference too. I don't know if a lot of people don't know that we went. They completely restructured the conference that the next yeah, year. Yeah, everybody I left. everybody left to go to the except for what us. Ended up being the Horizon League. Correct. Yeah, and and. Uh, you know, I'll say again, we knew Bryce. The Scott's in there now, right? So yeah. you're going to get more recruits than they've ever got. Uh, so Scott started recruiting in Europe and doing what he had to do. And then with Bryce commanding, you're, you're talking about a heck of a team, right? So I 100% back though. I'm calling my buddies in Arizona, telling them this is the one we're taking you down. You know, and we had a lot of fun with it. But 90 to 51, I don't think it. Ended. It was ugly. It was ugly, but we had fun with it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. We. Uh, we knew then that, that that was a tough. You get in for the first time, you're gonna have your hands full. Yeah, you know, and then you pick Arizona out of the blue, which uh, it just kind of matches. You know, yeah. kind of fits up with what maybe should have happened. So you went and played pro. Um, you know, I I will be the first to tell you that I don't know a lot about your pro career. Sure. Kind of, you ended up in Italy. I did. But kind of how yeah. how did how did the pro thing go? You know, um, it was was the NBA ever on the radar? It was. Yeah, I was getting some uh, some pretty good interest. Um, NBA scouts at our game and stuff, and obviously for other players. It helps yeah. with Sherelle Ford's there and these other players. And uh, I had some interest, and then I broke my back, right? So I came back, and a slow month coming back, and then I finished really, really good. I think even the UIC game, it was I had 26 and 16 or something. So I, thank goodness I finished strong, so I did get some interest again. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to go to the camp, the NBA combine, which I thought I was still going to go. Uh, but I chose to go play in Milwaukee. So I went up there for the, with the Bucks and played with them in the summer in the summer with Dunleavy. Glenn Robinson's year, he was that's when he was yeah, going up there. Yeah, that would have been Glenn Robinson, Eric Mobley. His holdout, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. so they uh, – it was exciting. I spent two or three weeks up there in the summer doing the summer thing with them and working out and playing, and I actually played really, really well. So they carried that over. I was the only player they carried from that that was a free agent, and I signed with them for camp. I went to camp. That went – I didn't think it could have went much better. There was actually a position open. So and the way it works, a lot of people don't know, is that you're only going to make the team if there's a spot for you, Yeah. especially as a free agent. So there was actually a spot at the two and a spot at the four. Yeah, so what do they have? Todd Day, Lee Mayberry? They did, yes. Blue Edwards might have been on the team then. You know, they had a four-man that was great, and I can picture him, but I cannot p- remember him. He was their big scorer with Glenn Robinson. Big Vin scorer. Baker. Vinny Baker. There yeah. you go. This yep. was my team. From, this was from like, Providence, from Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. This, was, this, yep. this was my team. Vinny I, Baker, that's right. I went to all these games. Yeah, so – so did you play I, in any preseason games? I did not. Okay. No, no. Okay. they left me home for the first the first couple, and then the sad part is is that I thought I was playing terrific. You know, yeah. Scott Drew came up there and visited, right, talked to everybody, like, hey, Casey's doing great. But it came down to, and Mike Dunleavy pulled us aside. It was me, Artur Kunishevis, and Aaron Williams. 
the lefty Aaron Williams from Chicago. Yeah. Can't remember where he played in college. Maybe Marquette. But a big, strong lefty, yeah. you know. And it essentially came down to they were going to hire a veteran. So they were bringing all these veterans in to play at the center and the four. And then they brought a couple guards in, too, to play against. Um, man, they brought in Daryl Dawkins. I got to play with Daryl Dawkins. Even, at, even at, yeah. at the end of his career, that was just something else, you know. Um, and uh, trying anyway. To think Moses Malone was on the team. He might have been gone by that point. He was gone by then. Burkowski yeah. was. Yep. These are all like, yeah. These, yeah, these are old names. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But so anyway, so one day in practice, I see uh, about a six seven guy walking the gym. I'm like, well, yep. that's the end of my run. There we go. <laughs> so, and they end up signing. Uh, oh I, man, my memory's getting bad. He played for the Nets the year before and averaged like 20 points. It was a no brainer. Um, he was their shooting guard. You'd remember he played there for three or four years. Yeah, it's. I can uh, picture him. I just can't picture. Alton his name. Lister. No, no, no he, he was, was a big, big guy. Man. Yeah, he was. Big. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. Look him up. We're, we're yeah. going to do a quick 1994 yeah. That's right. uh, NBA Bucks here. We're going to look at this roster because I want to figure this out. This is going to kill me if I can't. Well, Alton Lister was on the team. Uh, Eric Murdoch? Nope. He was no, Johnny Newman. Johnny Newman. There, there it is. Johnny, Johnny Newman. Newman. Yeah. Yep. Murdoch I played against in college. Though. He scored 50 points against us at Arizona. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, Tate George is on the team yep. too. Oh, yeah. All these guys. I used to like these guys. Now I hate them because they took your spot away. That's from right. You. Thank you. Yeah. No, just yeah. Johnny Newman did. He's Johnny Newman. He okay. walked in. I was gone two days later. So. Yeah. Um, but great experience, you know. And then I had, I had after that, I had offers to come back and work out. The Bulls would invite me to work out. The Pacers in Milwaukee, but there was never a, a spot open. And obviously, I wasn't somebody just going to walk in and be a starter on the team. Yeah. Um. So I didn't waste my time with that anymore, and and I got comfortable in Europe. And so I knew after the first couple of years, you know what, this is this is where I fit in pretty well. And the way it works is if you try out in the NBA, you're missing the start of the season. Yeah, right. right. So then you don't have a position. And I did that one year. And then you're waiting for someone to get hurt. You sign a one-month contract till he comes back, and, and it becomes a mess. You know, you're never really going to play the whole year, get better, improve, because just like here, you want to you move up. And in Europe, every country is a different level. Italy and Spain – of the top countries, you know, you, you Greece, Portugal, you move your way up, and uh, you know, once I got to that level, I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't going to try anywhere else, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I will say a, an interesting story that only a few of my best friends know is that I got to play in the Glenn Robinson Magic Johnson All Star Game. Okay. People don't remember in the Genesis Center in Gary, Glenn Robinson's uh, senior year or or after senior before he was going with the Bucks. Okay. So he called me in to go out there and play. And so I got to play with Magic Johnson then, and and all the other players they brought. It was it was a blast, you know. It's it awesome. Was, I, I wish I could find some videotape from that. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, again, I found your game against Duke. Yeah, uh, YouTube is a great place. Yeah, we need to find out. If Glenn Robinson ever listens to this, get me the tape. I well, you know, I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, what what was your favorite professional place that you played? Like favorite favorite country or anything? Two cities, Verona, Italy, okay. was the best overall, not just our success and the way I played, but the city, the living, our owner, our coaches were the best. Is it odd to go to Verona Pizza here in town? I mean, is it, it just it's can't not, be the same, right? Too, right? It can't, it can't be the same. <laughs> Brings up good memories. Yeah, Brings okay. Up good memories. Um, and then I played just outside of Barcelona, which is, if anyone's been to Barcelona, it's just awesome. And, I mean, that's you right know? after the Olympics, too. Oh, yeah. So that's got to be yeah, oh, yeah. world-class Olympic facility, Stadium, I would think, at that everything point. Everything there was awesome, yeah. And I played in Valencia and, you know, different – I essentially, you know, I, I went to different teams, if not every year, every two years. I signed a couple of your two-year contracts. Mm -hmm. But my best experience was probably Verona. 
just loved it. The food, the people, the team, you know, everything was really good about it. Here's a, an, an interesting question for you. Did you leave the game or did the game leave you? How did, how did retirement come about for you? A little bit of both. It was somewhat forced retirement because a lot of people don't know this story. I blew my knee out. Okay. And I was playing, I was playing in just outside of Barcelona in Manresa, and I went and played against Valencia, where I played two years before. And Valencia is a big team, really good. We won the we we won the the European Cup championship, not the not the Euro League, but we won the European Cup tournament. So we were a really good team. And I went back there to play and had a great reception and. One of my best friends was playing on the team now, Bryce Drew. Okay. Bryce Drew actually went and signed with Valencia for a couple months. This is uh, this so is after his NBA career. This is after done. his NBA career. The one year I think he played That's over it. there. Yeah, he played he played in Reggio, Reggio Calabria or Reggio Emilia, one of the two. Okay. Um, and then he went there for a month or so. so this with, is with like Casey 2004, Shaw. 2005. Correct. Like this that. is my last year is what we're going to get to. And I actually blew my knee out in a game against Bryce Drew in, in Valencia, Spain. How dare he? Against my <laughs> old team. And, uh, yeah, so that was that. And I was whatever my age was in, 33. I, I had already played 11 years. Yeah. And so I definitely rehabbed and worked hard and came back. And then all my offers were half price. And that within, I, I was done. You know, what so. I, you know, without getting into the numbers, because it's none of my business or anyone right. else's. But I mean, what can you make a good living playing in Europe? You can if you're in the right leagues. Okay. You know, you you truly have to play on the best couple teams in a country like Germany or France, or you play in the top league in Italy or Spain, which is what I did. I always yeah. wonder when guys go over, particularly some of these Valpo guys. Right. Are they going over because they're making good money, or are right. they going over because they don't know what to do after sure. basketball? Sure. You know, you can go. You can play in a lot of different countries, and it, it is scaled. It's almost like college here. You know, you can play at the at Division three, two, and you can move up and go higher. Um, you know, a lot of guys do go over and play for fun. They maybe want to make three, four thousand hours a month, which is fine. If they play well, they move up. Yeah. Right. So, but you get to Italy and Spain, and everyone's making good, really good money. I mean, I was on teams right at making my teammates making two million dollars a year after taxes. Wow. You know, because the way it works there is they. As an American, they handle all your taxes. They pay them for you, so you you know it's it's actually paid. But your contracts in net dollars, they give you a place to stay, they give you a car, you know you can live off your bonuses. So, um, but once I once I got once I got to France, I played in France for about four months and hurt my had had shoulder surgery. Once I got there, I was making up into good six figures and, and things were good. You know, so when we that. see a guy like Alec Peters in the top level of the Euroleague, he's doing okay for himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's not hurting at all. He's doing really well. That's you good. know, and 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 those teams pay all the time too. That's one thing yeah. that's really important is that you need to get paid. Sam Hanpa was a guy who played here, uh, like you, a very mm -hmm. prolific three point shooter. Mm -hmm. Left after his sophomore year, goes to a team, and I think it, not Finland. No, he's from Finland. Okay, I think he went to a team in Italy, and I think it folded like yeah. a couple months after he was there. Right. So right, I had one bad experience with that in my eleven years. <laughs> So I feel pretty lucky. You know, I went to a couple teams that I was trying out for that I knew might not pay or working out for and didn't give me my, my signing bonus thing, and I left. That's typically in Greece. Yeah. You know, so they always throw big numbers at you, and you never get it. And you never get so, it, yeah. Unless you're on the top, top teams. But, you know, overall, is uh, I think I lucked out in that, that aspect where I did play in the teams. I played pretty high-level teams, too. You played in the EuroLeague numerous years. European Cup I won twice. And so uh, all those teams did pretty well with pain. And so you're done playing, and you come back, and, and what was next for you? 
You know, I wasn't quite sure. I, uh, you know, I got my degree from BU. Didn't know exactly what to do with it. I obviously thought, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but it would make sense that I'd be coaching basketball. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know what? Go with Scott DeBaylor. Come here, assistant coach at BU. You know, and then uh, I fell into something else, which I'm still doing now. You know, I, I when I blew my knee out, I literally rehabbed and golfed for probably, uh, and was not a golfer, but I got a little <laughs> better in those eight or nine months. And, uh, you know, I, I got good at doing that and then just kind of fell into what I'm doing now, which is construction. That's awesome. Um, where was Homer in all this? I mean, kind of what what's your relationship been like with him over the years? Homer's have been always been there, you know. Um, I was treated like a player in one of Homer's, you know, he, I don't know how to put it, always treated me like home mm-hmm. every time. And when he was here, I went to games a lot and stuff too. And, of course, I didn't have three kids and everything as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. changes things. But, but I always felt like this was home. You know, walking, and I still do, but walk in the gym and you know everybody. You know, you, you, all the players are excited to see. You feel like you've accomplished a lot, so you feel like you can pass that on to them and maybe give them some advice and work. Well, you know, I used to work out with a lot of ex-players, Anthony Allison and, and a few other players. We worked out. Me and Bryce used to destroy each other in a gym. So when I'm in Europe, Europe playing, we come back in the summers, me, Anthony Allison, and Bryce Drew – just one on one, and we play and work out, and we would, we go hard to say the least. Yeah. When's the last time you shot a basketball? Uh, last night. Okay. First time in probably whew, a couple years at least. I really? Played, I played with one of my nine year olds, and we played up and down with his team. So it was dads versus the nine year olds. Okay. And I was one for two from three. It was a big day. Well, that's good. That's fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, you're a, you're a basketball parent now. What's that like? What's that? You, it's a blast. You know, yeah. I actually I've got a senior in high school at Valpo. And me and Rob Cavanaugh coached the AU team the last two years with that. And nothing but good things to say. I mean, yeah. just pride, fun. They're at a good age where obviously me and Rob have a little bit of knowledge of basketball. And we had a great team. We were really successful and had great kids. And, uh, you know, we're, Valpo High School starts their first game tonight. And some of the other AU parents are coming there to meet us so we can see each other again. So uh, it's fun. I got to coach uh, my nine-year-old last year for a little bit. And uh, that's a whole nother ball game. A little bit of babysitting in there. Yeah. This, but uh, um, it's all fun. I mean, these kids are all about it. They love it. They eat it up. And uh, it's it's good stuff. I think, you know, I I don't have children yet, maybe someday. But um, And I also wasn't a Division One athlete. Right. But how, how does uh, like how does that work, right? Like, uh, I've watched the media chew up Bronny James, right. LeBron's kid, right. and like, right. it just feels like if this kid isn't the number one overall draft pick, he's going to be a failure because right. the media keeps, right. you know, like do 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 your kids find the VHS tapes? Do they uh, do they do they know what dad did back in the day? Is there any conversation about that at all? We we a little bit about what I did in the past, but they, you know, even now Michael Jordan is the legend. Okay, mm-hmm. Shaq. They see him on TV. They love Shaq. Charles Barkley. These players, and and then obviously all the you can watch everything all the time. Obviously, I'm not telling anybody anything new, um, but that's the negative side of it. Yeah. Now every player is in the spotlight. Everybody says something about him, right or wrong, factual, non-factual. You know, it can be good and bad. You know, I uh, I lean towards the other side. I think less is more. Yeah. You know, I think 
you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, one of my nine-year-olds is playing, and, and after he scored a bucket the other day, he starts tapping on his watch or like he had a watch on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what was that? He said, oh, Dame time. Dame time. Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard. Yeah. Damian Lillard? They shoot and then they, they flex or they do this nine-year-olds. And I'm like, this is what things have come to. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's all getting your name and getting attention. And uh, there's, there's good and bad to it. Yeah, I can imagine. You know? I can imagine. And, you know. Us in the social media journalism world are part of that problem. Yeah, so well, you've, you've got to be on it all the time. Yeah, sure, all the know? time, all the time. Uh, you turn, uh, you turn fifty. I do. Coming up, Next I saw, year. I saw yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, they put the birthdays in there. They don't do right. that anymore because of identity good. theft or whatever. <laughs> but uh, does that number mean anything to you? I don't think so. Yeah, you know, I did tell myself a long time ago that when I'm fifty, I'll still be able to dunk a basketball. And bench press 315 pounds. Where are we on that? So I think the the weightlifting's no problem. I got a little work to do on getting okay. back in shape. I saw know? a friend of mine. <laughs> a friend of mine just posted on Facebook the other day. He just turned 44, and every year on his birthday, he dunks a basketball to oh, prove he terrific. still has it. Yeah. And uh, I watched his video the other day, and he didn't quite have it like he's used to. <laughs> well, so, of course, yeah. But I'm I'm excited for him. I, I say now as we get older, it's not the jumping; it's the landing. That makes could sense. Be the difference, right? Uh, you've you've gone to a lot of Apple games. I mean, you're still in the community and all of that. Is there a player or two that have stood out to you since you've graduated, guys? Maybe recently that that you've really uh, that you've looked at that you've really enjoyed their game a little bit. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of players. I mean, everyone's got their own strengths and weaknesses. I mean, obviously, I'll list the same ones that everybody else will. Yeah. Alex Peters was a blast to watch. Their team was so good defensively, offensively. I mean, Bryce did an amazing job with them. And I went to the Florida State game when they beat Florida State. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Valpo beat Florida State. A couple couple NBA guys yeah, on that couple, team, too. A couple long, athletic NBA guys, yes. Um, you know, the kid that broke off. Yeah. When I watched him play, there was no doubt I knew he was an NBA player. You, I mean, I imagine you can see it quicker yeah. than most people can, and, and right? Today's games change. I mean, yeah. it's completely changed from when I played, for sure. Um, but you could see it he was. And have you, you know, seen Javon Freeman Liberty enough to, to a, a little bit enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His potential, his his, you know, his ceiling, as they like to say, is through the roof. Yeah, you know. So, but I think you know they they they're still working through some things, and and I trust that they'll work through it. I think they will. Um, you know, everybody knows new conference, better competition. You know, I think it's all good, but it takes time to get through that too. I think he's a big piece of it. What will Sunday be like to see Homer back in the arc? And and uh, and, and I guess we'll wrap with this. You know, the fact that, that he'll be back, I believe. Hall uh, of Famer. Homer yeah, Drew. Hall of Famer Homer right. Drew on right. Homer Drew Court. Yeah. It's been a couple years since he's been here. As a matter of fact, you mentioned the Florida State game. Mm-hmm. It was the following game against St. Mary's when they won. It's the final time that Homer or Bryce Scott came in town or too. Scott was yeah, there, too. was there, too. Yep. I've, got, I've got a great photograph of the yeah, three of them terrific. with my buddy Adam Amin. Uh-huh. Um, oh, buddy Adam. And uh, but 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 to have those, you know, I, Scott's got a game the night before. I think right. I think Bryce is broadcasting the night before. I don't know if he'll be there, but right. uh, but Homer certainly will be. What do you think right. that'll be like to see him come back? I think the gym will be packed. It better be packed. You know, I uh, I still feel bad that I could not go to his Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. Tried everything I could, and just the family obligations. I called Homer. I probably apologized to him as much as I congratulated him. Um, so this is this to me is where Homer really earned everything that he's gotten. And uh, I can't wait to see him here. I, I think the, the, the city is going to love seeing him. I mean, everyone knows what him and the Drews have done for the, for the city overall. And uh, it's big. 
you know. And and I guess you say city, and I got to end with this. I complete congratulations are in order. City oh, yeah, councilman, thank you. yes sir, Casey Schmidt. What yes, sir. again? Bring it back full circle. You you you've had a love for Valpo when you were growing up, and you still have that today. Just kind of briefly talk about where Valpo is today and kind of the excitement that you have for the city. Yeah, I wanted to be involved. You know, um, I'm 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 here all the time now. So I went through my basketball traveling. I traveled for work a good bit, and now I'm back all the time. And, you know, I see some of my friends getting very involved. Um, I mean, obviously, Mayor Costas, nobody can say anything but good things about him. Where Valpo's come, you've, you've been here 14, 15 years? Yeah, now? I mean, I, get, I came here in 99. Okay. I was here from 99 to 02 as a student. I came back in 05. Right. I, my mom comes to visit every once in a while, and she'll say to me, she's still to this day, she's like, Paul, do you, you don't even remember there was nothing but fields here. Right. And I'm like, Mom, yeah. I know. Right. I lived here. I went to college here where there was nothing to eat right. in town. And now, I mean, yeah, it's this, just... This city has grown yeah. leaps and bounds. John I mean, Costas be the commencement speaker at the December graduation for Valpo this oh, great. year. Kind of his outgoing yeah. outgoing thing with the as far as the he's, university he's is. He's as good as it gets. How he's handled the growth in Valpo. And, and, and you know, my side of getting involved, and you know, thank you for everyone that voted for me that I am, going to be able to, to help starting in January, but our growth is not going to stop and it's not up to us. That's really why I know because I consider myself Valpo. I really do. I feel like Valpo is my city. I love Valpo. I'll do anything for it. And I want my kids to have the same experience that, that I had growing up in Valpo. And that's not easy to do when you grow. Yeah. And, but I think Valpo has the same feel overall that it always has. I just, I want to do my part and try to maintain that, you know, during this period of growth because it's, it's it's coming. Well, Homer, you're inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he'll be at the Ark, and and Homer will be the first to tell you that he couldn't have done it with all of his players, which is, again is why I wanted to bring you on. Okay, we've been talking about this for a couple of years we now have, yes, to get good, you on, and, and despite the fact that we're both under the weather today, <laughs> I thought it was important, and, and obviously this was for for Homer more than anything else. So, thank you very much. Thank you for uh, having me. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the Ark on Sunday. Homer Drew coming back. It's early that you know the game starts at one, but he'll be doing some things around twelve thirty. So, uh, looking forward to that, Casey. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.